Welcome to Spirit Box Radio, now hosted by, uh, me, Sam Enfield. I used to be the P.O. Box boy, but since Madame Marie and all her loyal assistants disappeared, I'm the only one left. I'm sure I'll figure it out. I have noticed a couple of things seem a bit off here in the studio, like these augury forecasts which keep appearing out of nowhere, and all these weird messages. And all of these cats keep showing up too. I have no idea where Madame Marie has gone. It'll all be fine, right? Right. I may not know much about magic, ghosts, or the arcane, but I'm sure we can figure it out together, faithful listeners. Everything will be fine! Spirit Box Radio is a cosy horror audio drama with themes of grief, love, and identity, with new episodes releasing every week wherever you listen to podcasts. To find transcripts and learn more about the show, visit hangingsawstudios.com forward slash spirit box radio. Spirit Box Radio is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Tune in. Get spooky. Hi, travelers. It's Harley Takagi Kaner here with a quick announcement. We're taking a mid-season hiatus, so the next Second Citadel episode will be coming out on July 24th for $4 Patreon supporters and July 26th for everyone else. From then on, we'll be resuming our regular schedule of two episodes per month through the end of the season. Enjoy the beginning of the summer and have a safe and happy pride. Ah, good evening, traveler, and welcome to the Penumbra. Tonight's tale is... Juno Steel and the Infernal Grind. Well, well, good citizens. We have a bit of a special event in our group therapy today. Sir, if you would introduce yourself... Max Action. And no, I'm not talking about it. Welcome, Mr. Action. I think the rest of us should recognize our new member fairly well. He was the star of our recent deconstructive criticism. And new calculations made by our behavior plan algorithm have transferred him to our happy little family. Say hello, everyone. Now today... I thought we might begin by discussing... I have a point of order I'd like to discuss, Father dear. Miserinko, we've explained before that although this voice may sound I was enjoying my dinner last evening. Lovely, as always. One can't find better service anywhere outside the fifth circle of hell. When I noticed that Mr. Yusuf was eyeing Mr. Cutler's pudding pod with a certain amount of, shall we say, wistfulness? Now far be it for me to tell Mr. Cutler what to do with his pudding. I hate pudding! One does wonder, doesn't one, why Mr. Yusuf wouldn't simply ask for the pudding in question. Nobody better ask me about my pudding! It's just going into the trash anyway. What did you say? Nothing. It's my pudding, and I'll do what I want with it! Ah, the dulcet and unmistakable tones of mature conflict management. Mr. Cutler, what you are exhibiting is a classic control response. One. That's the face of the next guy who asks me about my pudding. Mr. Cutler, I believe that was a chair. If I'm not mistaken, this is the face of the man who's been asking after your pudding. I, I never did. I- That's it. should keep everyone busy for a while. Now, Mr. Action, was it? Buddy, come on. Max, darling, would you care to join me at the far end of the room? And don't bother with the chair. Cutler will use it as a projectile before long, whether or not you're sitting on it. 
she led me straight through the war zone, chairs and Yusuf's screaming through the air, but Buddy Renko never flinched. Why would she? In a few spoken words, she made everyone and everything in this room hers, serving her needs. Nothing had the guts to touch her. That confidence would flicker over the next few hours, but it never went out entirely. And moments like that, when Buddy held herself like the madam of her domain, I remembered. Those kept me feeling like my old self, too. My name is Juno Steele, and that lady thinks I'm pretty neat. That was quite a stunt you pulled in the exercise yard. I would be furious if it weren't such a pleasure to see you. You'll have to be more specific. I'm about five stupid stunts deep at this point. No, I think I've decided I am rather furious with you. Getting yourself sent here, what were you thinking? I'm thinking I'm not letting you, Vespa, and the big guy stay behind bars any longer. You're coming home with me. <laughs> However angry I am at the danger you've put yourself in, it truly is a delight to see you again. You too, buddy. You have no idea. <clears throat> so, uh, what's the plan? What? The plan for escaping this hellhole. What have you been cooking up? Please tell me you didn't break into the highest security prison in the solar planets without a plan to get back out again. Hey, come on, don't look at me like that. I had a plan. Well, what happened to it? This. Hold out your hand and, uh, no sudden movements. A friend of mine came into way too much money recently. I caught Buddy up on all the details. The exploded comms, Dark Matter's big space piracy ending mystery event, and all the help I had needed just to get max action inside our Inco permanent corrections. She got the point pretty quickly. But if your comms is broken, we don't have a getaway anymore, do we? I planned for this, but don't get too excited. We have a backup date and time. Our ride will be there waiting for us. Just need to make sure you, me, Vespa, and the big guy don't miss the bus. And when is that bus arriving, exactly? The day before Dark Matter's big event, so in four days at noon. <laughs> four days? You expect us to come up with a plan to escape ourselves and make for the door within four days? So what? You're saying that Buddy Orenko's not up to the challenge? I should have guessed it. Some retirement I've had. Thanks for getting me transferred in here, by the way. What kind of strings did you have to pull? None at all. My last string was cut at the same time as dear old daddy's throat. What his computerized ghost told you is true. Our comments at yesterday's group therapy convinced the algorithm that you would be the ideal addition to our cozy little purgatory. Yeah, what kind of comments were those? I said I'd like to remove your tongue from your head and make you wear it like a bow tie. Good line. You get that one from your wife? Oh, <laughs> how I wish that were true. I haven't seen Vespa in weeks. And I haven't seen Dear Jet at all. We may have gotten ourselves in too deep this time, Mr. Action. You were correct in assuming that I began an escape plan within our first week of imprisonment, but this prison... It's more than I bargained for. Thought you'd have known it pretty well. Didn't you bust Vespa out of your dad's prison years ago? That was a prototype of this particular facility, I would say. The management may wear my father's voice and name, but it has certainly changed. Unfortunately, you've bet on the wrong horse, Mr. Action. I don't have a plan because I don't fully understand what this institution has become. I might be descended from prison royalty here, but my father's name doesn't buy any more than dirty looks these days. I'm just as trapped as you are. All right, then let's figure out a plan. <laughs> just like that? Oh, Juno, I don't think you understand. 
Before every deconstructive criticism demonstration, I promise myself that I will only shout one thing, just one, to keep the guards and their ladder at bay. But by the end, each time I've shouted myself hoarse, and I can't even remember what horrible things I've said. This place corrodes the mind, the self. I don't think I could be Buddy Orenko if I tried. Well, I guess it's good you don't have to try then, because you are Buddy Orenko, and I'm a max action, and together we're two broads with a bone to pick. <laughs> two broads with a bone to pick. I think I like the sound of that. I wouldn't want to get in our way, I'll tell you that much. You've got more info than most people on this nut house. There's gotta be something in there that we can use to bust this place wide open. Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, detective, shall we see what these broads are capable of? I thought you'd never ask. You said you'd start an escape plan of your own. What was wrong with it? Nothing, of course. It just wasn't complete. A successful prison break consists of several stages, and I'd only managed one. If I have been successful as a criminal strategist, Mr. Action, it's because I've always known to reduce a complicated crime down to its essential elements. A prison break has four. The cell break, the jail break, the getaway, and the insurance. First, our caged ne'er-do-wells must escape the cells they're caged in. That's the cell break. Then they must escape the entire prison compound, jailbreak. And once outside the prison, they need a getaway to travel as far away from the prison as possible as quickly as possible. Makes sense. What about the insurance? The insurance is there to deal with the guards in case something in the plan goes wrong. And something always, always goes wrong. Regardless, all I'd managed was the jailbreak. Perhaps you've noticed, Max Darling, but the uniforms these guards wear would be very useful for an escape attempt. Full-face masks and voice-changing devices. Why, if a few low-down crooks got their hands on some uniforms, they'd be practically invisible walking through these halls. Seems like a big if. Why should it? I have three full uniforms hidden in my cell as we speak. <laughs> oh, don't look too impressed, darling. During our constructive work time, they have me on laundry duty. I've been stealing little pieces of uniform sock by sock since my third day in this cage. None of them were on to you? If my father still ran this place, he might have noticed. Dark Matters has taken his systems and applied them towards a new purpose. Because they don't completely understand how those systems work, there are gaps here and there, if you can find them. But that hardly matters. The uniforms are only useful with the other three stages of a prison break, as is they're just souvenirs. But wait, now you have a getaway, my ride, in four days. That's two stages done. And half the break's still missing, with no idea where Jet or Vespa are. Fine, well, let's get into that. Look, I don't want to ask this, but I think I have to. Are, are we sure Vespa and the big guy are still, you know... Alive and in this prison? I am confident they are, yes. I haven't seen Jet myself, but I know Vespa has. When did she tell you that? The last time I saw her... Three weeks ago in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night? But the schedule has us all alone in our cells during the night. It does. And yet Vespa wasn't in her cell. You could have led with that. It was very exciting, yes. <laughs> exciting enough that I squandered the moment entirely. She came to me between the 2.30 and 3.30 a.m. sleep checks. and you can't even wake up to say hello. What? What is that? Vespa? Buddy, oh hell am I glad to see you. 
I thought I had the wrong cell for a second, and I... <clears throat> oh, Vespa, darling, I, I don't care if this is a dream. It is so good to see you. It's good to see you, too, but, but listen. <clears throat> oh, ow. Ow. <clears throat> Oh, it is so good to see you. To, to feel you, I thought I was losing myself here. The voice of my father in my ears all the time. Sometimes I forget it isn't really him, and I... But it's okay. It's okay. We're gonna get you out. But you gotta let me talk, because I don't have much time. Did you hear something? Let's make the rounds early. Roger. Vespa, you have to hide. They'll catch you. So what? Guards here don't scare me. I'll just break out again. Which is what I'm here to tell you, bud. I think I've got this place figured out. I've been looking everywhere, and I even found Sikuliak. You did? Is he all right? I don't know. I couldn't get close enough to... Ah. Sleep check. There's no time. Listen, buddy, I can't sneak out like this all the time or they're going to figure out how I'm doing it, but I had to come tell you the trick to it so you're ready for when we bust out of here. But Vespa... Just let me tell you, please. They've got a major oversight in their security they haven't figured out yet, bud. All you got to do is get yourself sent... Oh, Vespa! We've got one out of her cell over here. Where is she on the punishment ladder? Let's see. Vespa Ilke. Looks like solitary confinement. One week. Take her, then. Vespa. Vespa? Cut off already! Goddamn racket! Solitary confinement for one week, so... She's out now. She should be, but I haven't seen her since. It's possible they extended her punishment if she's continued to break the rules, but... I don't know. Guess that means no more climbing the ladder for me, then. One week from now, our ride out of here will be long gone. But... Hang on, if Vespa knows how to get out of her cell, that's the cell break. And I don't think it's that crazy to think that Jet would be able to deal with the guards. Our insurance? Yes, I think he just might. So you're saying that as we assemble our criminal family person by person, we will also assemble our escape piece by piece. It'd be good to know where the big guy is, though. Any ideas? Hmm. Yes, I have a few. But as I've said before, this prison is very much under new management. I can't be certain that the places I remember from those halcyon bring your daughter to work days are still present, or still being used as they were back then. You keep saying that. New management. Why's that matter? That, I think, is a story for another time. Another time? Buddy, I don't think we have another- Palomino Renko put his shriveled heart and monstrous soul into this prison. It's likely we'll need to understand him in time, but I've already ruined one chance with Vespa by saying things out of order, and I'm not going to lose my second. We must stay focused on what's before us, Max, darling. We must locate Vespa and Jet. What? Why are you looking at me like that? It's just good to be back, Captain. It certainly is, isn't it? <laughs> well, we know where to check first, don't we? Solitary confinement. Precisely. But we don't have time to be sent there ourselves, so we'll need to find a way to break away from the guards and explore the place. Tell me, Mr. Action, what sort of constructive work do they have you doing in this house of horrors? I'm in food prep. Some days I make those gross meal pill things that this place ships out and sells. And what are you making tomorrow? Lunch. Perfect. I think that's just the distraction we'll need. Duck. That's probably just going to be Nutrigu again, honestly. No, I mean duck your head, darling. What? <laughs> that's why you never look at my pudding pot. <laughs> what? Eyes on the prize, Mr. Action. I have a plan to get you outside the guard's reach, and we're pulling it off tomorrow. 
What we need more than anything else is a distraction. If we want to overwhelm the guards, we need to shake our fellow inmates up a little bit. And I know no better way than by shaking their schedule. Hey, 31, uh, the guards say they're adding this to the lunch formula today. What is it? Didn't ask. If you're smart, you won't either. Guards are zap happy today. Uh, fine. Do you have access to any industrial chemicals where they have you working? Plenty. Good. I want you to add a secret ingredient to tomorrow's lunch, if you would. Something that will render it completely and obviously inedible. I can do obvious. It's on fire! 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 Put it out! Do this as close to the end of your shift as possible. There should be no time to salvage the meal before recess and approved literature begins. Constructive work's over. Reset. If what you've told me about our meals is true, then one hour should not be enough time to prepare a new lunch for all 100 inmates. Therefore, our plan will be as follows. After recess, etc., once whatever rescheduling needs to happen occurs, everyone will be all out of sorts. The guards live on this schedule as much as we do, after all. Wait, what usually happens when the schedule gets changed? I don't know. It hasn't come up. In my father's day, he would have sent everyone to group therapy until they had a new meal sorted out. Nice of him. Take all the hungry piranhas and lock them in a room together. An extra layer to the torment, yes, but that was Palamine. He never skimped on those little flourishes. Regardless, we can't know precisely what will happen at our usual lunch hour, so I'm afraid you'll have to improvise. Will that be an issue? I know better than to complain. As of tomorrow, we'll only have three days left to get off this space rock. So, no matter what... You have to make this work. That was the plan, anyway. But the day in question didn't quite play out like we thought it would. That's going to take some explaining. So, picture this. It's five minutes till lunch. We're all on the track for recess, and they keep it hot as hell out there. Big sun lamps and blue light panels everywhere. Part of our therapy, they say. But all we're feeling is the heat off those bulbs burning like miniature suns. Sweat is fleeing our bodies. We are tired, and we are hungry, and the big clock over the door says that in four minutes, we can sit and rest. Three minutes left. I should be planning my next move, but I'm so tired that every time my foot hits the floor, it's enough to topple whatever thoughts I've managed to stand on end. Two minutes, and I've given up on thinking. Let the pounding of my feet and heart and burning skin count time for me. One minute left, and there's a reason I've taken this time to explain exactly how we felt out there, because you need to understand that to understand what happened next. Zero minutes left. One o'clock. But the bell didn't ring. And it didn't ring at one minute after, or two minutes after, when someone yelled, Hey, what about lunch? Keep running, 29. But 29 didn't keep running. He stopped, and so did a few more. And a few more. And the strangest thing, I thought I could hear someone shouting from the track next to this one. It's time for lunch. Keep running, all of you. One by one, we stopped running. The guards zapped a few of us, even sprayed stink on old number 11, who I'd never seen take a punishment. But that was it. And then they backed off. A few of us still ran, but some, we 
everybody just shouted. And the guards shouted back until finally, one of them said something really stupid. The algorithm says there won't be a lunch today, so shut up and keep running. The individual cannot advocate for I'm having lunch. One more step and it's deconstructive criticism for you. The majority of these people, no, no. Nobody is having lunch. And a funny thing happens when you get a bunch of people all together and give them one thing to be mad at. A funny thing where the walls between you and the guy next to you start melting down a little bit. Where I starts being we. Where you start to notice that, for example, there were about four times as many inmates as there were guards on that track. I don't know who went first. Like I said, the walls start coming down. But a couple seconds later, we were all walking I knew maybe two other inmates in the entire group, but as we all walked towards that door, I felt a flicker of something familiar. A hard feeling, a strong feeling, like the ghost of what I'd felt right before my crime family and I went in after the Cure Mother Prime. Like what I'd felt with Puck and Rita and Nick and even Miss Laley as we together the pieces that would become this crazy man. I felt huge. I felt strong. Only a group of downtrodden and pissed off people with the same goal can feel. And for the first time since I escaped the carte blanche with the Ruby 7, I wasn't worrying about how the hell I was supposed to stop Dark Matters. The guards beat us to the door. We returned the favor by beating the guards. Fists flew. A few of us got zapped by those stunners and hit the ground hard. But all of us, with one goal in mind, they couldn't stop us all. They had programmed us to have lunch at one o'clock, and god damn it, we were going to have our lunch. Finally, a few of us broke through the line of guards and made it through the door. Then the leak became a flood. And once I broke inside, I just heard more footsteps and more. The doors to the exercise yard on either side of us were open too, and people were pouring out, all shouting. Time for lunch! Time for lunch! Every drop of poison I'd seen them spew at each other during deconstructive criticism and group therapy had come together to make a current. And that current couldn't be stopped. Enough so that I was halfway to the commissary before I remembered that lunch wasn't what I was supposed to be looking for. I knew where solitary was because we'd passed that hall on the way from our cells to the commissary every day. A reminder first thing in the morning of where we'd end up if we didn't behave ourselves. It was a short hall with only a few cell doors lined down it. Not a guard down there, but my heart was pounding anyway. Still full of whatever had gotten into it down in that exercise yard. Vespa! Jed! Anybody in there? But Vespa and Jet weren't there. I checked every cell twice just to be sure. Nothing and nobody. I didn't have time to wallow, though. From down the hall, I heard my solitude end. Someone was coming towards me. And for as big and strong and together as I just felt a few minutes before, I think it all just made me feel even more small and alone right then. The footsteps came closer. I knew I wouldn't be able to take a guard in a fight. I knew sneaking down here would get me at least a few rungs up the ladder. With that cold and lonely chill in my bones, I knew that our escape was finished. Until I heard their voice. Time for lunch. Time for... Oh! It's you! But... Where's lunch? Right, it's, uh, Cutler, right? From group therapy yesterday. 
it's time for lunch? Yeah, no, it, it is. I, I just, uh, I, I was, I was looking for something. Me too. Do you know where they keep the pudding pods? Maybe he saw the fear on my face, or maybe he saw my surprise that he was still talking about the freaking pudding pods, because by way of explanation, he reached into his pocket and pulled out something small and gray and squeaking. Richard really likes pudding pods. Richard? Is that a... Is that a void mouse? He snuck into my cell one day and looked so hungry, I I couldn't just leave him there. But I used to live on a satellite when I was a kid. We had void mice all the time there, and they always liked sweet things. So I gave him the pudding. I know you work in the commissary, so I thought you'd know where the pudding was. I do, actually. Down the hall, take a right. It's in the back of the pantry, top shelf. You're... A lot more talkative than you were yesterday. Yeah. Thanks. I don't know, I just feel different since we all came inside. How long have you been in this prison? Fifteen years. Sometimes I think I'd lose it without my little guy here. I've never liked void mice. Something about the flagella and the six rotating rows of teeth. But the way Cutler looked at this one, wriggling in the palm of his hand. For a second I thought I could see it how he could. A little ball of warmth in his pocket. Something to remind him that there was life outside this schedule. A little mouth to feed. I'd written him off as some hothead criminal looking to start a fight. The management wanted us to write each other off like that. If we were fighting each other, we couldn't fight them. You okay, uh, Max? Yeah, I was just looking for someone, but she's not here. Someone with green hair? Uh, yeah, actually, how did you- I've been here a long time. I don't think I've ever seen anybody get sent to solitary more often than that one. Not even me. Do you want to see her? You know where she is? Yep. And I can show you the way there. To thank you for the pudding. I- Really? I don't know what to say. Thank you. No problem. Just close your eyes. Just- What? Oh, that wasn't for you, Max. That was for Richard. I don't want him to see this. To see what? (laughs) So, I was feeling pretty sour about the whole brotherly love thing I'd stumbled upon in the exercise yard. Trusting someone to give you directions and then getting the life beaten out of you will do that, it turns out. Everything. Uh, What time is it? Where the hell am I? I was on a cot with a plain white sheet and a room full of cots just like it. The infirmary, I guessed. Makes sense. I'm not sure where else they're supposed to send you when someone doubles the number and halves the size of the bones in your body. There was a clock on the wall, glowing green in the dark. 2.35. I'd missed a few sleep checks already, but it looked like in this room, if no other, they actually let you sleep. And I had to admit, no matter how many pieces my skull was in, that sleep felt pretty damn good. On the far end of the room, a guard sat facing a monitor built into the wall. Hey, you all don't do any, I don't know, aspirin here, do ya? Hello? I approached him. 
I didn't know what my plan was, really. But the guard wasn't paying attention to me, and if I could knock him out or something, then maybe... I never had time to finish that thought, though. Because once I got close enough to see the guard in the room's shadows, I could tell that someone else had gotten to him first. <laughs> A syringe stuck out of the guy's neck. I had no idea if he was breathing. I had no idea what had done that to him, but I knew I wanted to get out of there before it found me. You shut up already, Steel. The guards are pissed as hell today, and I've only got so many needles. Vespa? Congratulations, you found me. Guess you figured out the trick to getting out of your cell, too. The trick? Yeah, this place, the infirmary. Orinko Permanent Corrections is locked up pretty tight to keep everyone on the schedule. But as soon as you get outside that schedule, they don't know what to do with you. I've been breaking rules and faking heart attacks for months just to stay sane. I have so many questions. Is that how to fake a heart attack? Meh, not that hard. Serious sleep deprivation can cause them. The medication they put in our food stops them from happening, so I just didn't eat for a few days and had a few little heart attacks. No big deal. Having a heart attack doesn't count as faking a heart attack. Says who, huh? What, you're suddenly king of the coronary? I'm the freaking doctor. Well, it's got nothing to do with medicine. It's just got, it's, it's the word fake. You can't fake something by actually doing it. You're here three goddamn seconds and you're already driving me straight over the goddamn wall, Steel, I swear. Yeah, well, whose fault is that exactly? It's, it's good, good to, to see you. <sighs> Gross. Let's never do that again. On it. So, hell, there's so much to say and I don't even know where to start. Is Buddy okay? Hearing her dad all the time like this, I think it's really ripping her up. Uh, she's okay as anyone is in here. And she won't have to wait much longer. We're breaking out of this prison, Vespa. With you on board, we've got most of the plan down. We just need to get the big guy and get out of here. <sighs> Sikuliak. Right. What? But he said you knew where he was. I do, moron. That's not the problem. <sighs> Listen, Steel. <sighs> I, I can bring you to Sikuliak, but I, I think there's a few things you need to know first. Something's... something's wrong with him. Really, really wrong. I think you'll have to see it yourself to understand, but... Sekuliak's not acting like himself. We're really low on time, Vespa. I have a ride out of here for us, but it's... Yeah, I know we're low on time, all right? I think I know it better than you do. I'm guessing you know all about the big press conference Dark Matters is throwing here in a few days, right? You have any idea what that's all about? No. Do you? Not the whole thing. But I know how it's gonna start. That old friend of yours, the director, she's gonna get up on stage. She's gonna say a few words about how Dark Matters is a new approach to space crime, which I don't know what it is, but I have a few guesses. Then she's gonna show everyone how serious she is. What does that mean? It means that the opening act of your friend's little performance is the execution of the unnatural disaster. Jets Kuliak. If you've enjoyed this tale, please consider donating to the Penumbra on Patreon. 
Our artists work tirelessly to bring you these stories, and if you have the means, we hope you will support our efforts. Every dollar helps. You can find that page at patreon.com slash the Penumbra Podcast. If you support us on Patreon at the $10 level or higher, we would like to invite you to a live commentary for this episode on Wednesday, June 8th at 6 p.m. EST with co-creators Kevin Vibert and Harley Takagi Kaner. You can find a link to the live commentary at patreon.com slash the Penumbra Podcast. We would like to give thanks to all who support us on Patreon, but especially to Quolby Jack, Lucy Chonky Lee's mother, Osipete, Rita Deserves All the Snacks and Movie Nights, Evit Kani, The Great Undead, Benjamin Fisher, SCP Chloe, June Gashoku, the patron named I Think Rita Should Say the F Word, Allison Hull, Aaron Ritson, Liv Allen, Alice the Time Lord, Red Ruby Seven Truther, In Memory of Spiral Opal, Eden the Gay Bookworm, Elizabeth Dunn, Michael David Smith, Happy Birthday Nicole, Ollie Nexus, PJ Escaping Space Capitalism, Caroline Seidman, Radia Sulna, Monster Kissing is Trans Culture, A Sentient Can of Soda Formerly Known as Jay, Karen ZH, Sir Patreon Name the Uninspired, Genetic, Minchowski, and Jamie Gunter for their incredibly generous contributions per episode. Thank you. This tale, Juno Steel and the Infernal Grind, was told by the following people. Joshua Elon as Juno Steel, Stuart Evan Smith as the voice of Palamine Orinko, Sarah Gazdovich as Buddy Orinko, Chloe Cunha as Vespa, and Lydian Melicaro, Tyler Rosati, and Mertz as the ensemble. The Penumbra is created and produced by Harley Takagi Kaner and Kevin Vibert. If you wish to know more about our ever-expanding, infinitely creative team of artists, musicians, editors, designers, and managers, you can read about them in the show notes of this episode. I'm afraid that is our time for today, dear traveler. We hope you will join us again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.